0: How easy is it for queer folks to get married in South Africa? Why is health super important to talk about in LGBTQI plus spaces? What happens when your husband-to-be forgets to book a honeymoon? This is basically life, looking at queer sex, love, and living. I'm your host, Tiffany Muba.
1: Hi, my name is Anthony and I am a lawyer living in South Africa from Kenya.
0: That's Anthony. Pronouns he, him. This one is a lover who keeps popping back into my life. One of the first converses we had was about starting an erotica site for gay men because that stuff was few and far between. And since then, Anthony has gone on and got married, moved to SA, gotten a fancy job and threatened to leave me once a... He is also a lawyer who moonlights as a human rights consultant on all things LGBTQ plus and the law, like Batman, but without the white male privilege as a superpower. He also started an awesome podcast about mental health called The Padded Itself. To sum it up in Anthony's words, I am a brother, a son, a friend, a neighbor, a confidant, a student of life, and I am a Kenyan. The best way to describe me is in the words of Winston Churchill. I am a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. So, I have finally got you here. And I must ask you the first question.
1: Are you good? You know, it, it depends on how you ask that question. If you ask me, are you good? I will say, mm-hmm. yeah, I am. If you ask me, you good? I will probably going to rant about the fact that I'm locked up in the house on my own. I have been on my own for the last three weeks. Um, Since the lockdown in South Africa started, I have been on my own and that is driving me crazy. I'm literally jumping off the four walls that exist are are part of my existence. Um, But other than that, I try to keep myself busy. I'm podcasting a lot more and writing a lot more. So um, I'm I'm coping. You're
0: coping. Okay. No, that's good. Because like, okay, so you mentioned podcasting. (laughs) If you tell me a little bit more about the Padded Cell and like why you started that. Because when you told me about it, I was like, wait, that is the last podcast I would have thought that you would be starting.
1: Mm. Yeah. So um, it's something that I've been thinking about for a very long time, the fact that as Africans, as as specifically men, but Africans in general, we don't really talk about our mental health. And when we do, we actually do it in, in a very closed space, closed space. We are basically closed up around talking about our mental health and knowing that we are going through a lot of shit. And given all that, uh, given the fact that we're going through so much and we do not talk about it, it, it just... Keeps building up inside of us, and eventually, explodes. And for some people, it explodes in forms of violence. It explodes in forms of, um, uh, you know, super drinking binges. It explodes in form of uh, suicide. So I, I thought uh, to 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 keep that conversation, to start that conversation, I would start a podcast by itself. The reason why it's called Padded Cell is because our minds have become our own little prisons where we do not really, we're, we're basically tied up in our own little prisons. We can't get out of them and, um, and and can't really talk about the issues. But I called it Padded Cell just to to give that 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 visual uh, um, visual representation of what our minds can be um, and just to have conversations candid. Honest conversations with different people about mental health, about the things that people go through, about uh, religion and homosexuality and how that affects our mental health. About being locked up in a home where you're in the same room with your abuser and how that impacts on your mental health. And, you know, conversations about how to deal with with, uh, with with depression when you cannot afford, when you do not have access to um to a psychiatrist or a mental health practitioner, so that is the reason why I started. Uh, Padded Cell. it is. It has been. Um, it has been going for uh, since September. Uh, there are nine ep- uh, nine, eight episodes out so far. Uh, there will be one more today, and I will be posting more.
0: Oh my gosh! That no, no, that that is amazing. Because like when you think about the idea of you know mental health and especially within the queer community. Because I think this is like such an important thing and the way mental health plays out within the community and how we don't sometimes know that we're dealing with our own demons. Like, have you found that that's the case, like in the work that you've done? Because you've done a lot of work within the LGBTQIA plus spaces.
1: Indeed I have. And yes, you're right. I mean, from the very beginning, from the very I started working in the LGBTQIA plus space, uh, the first insta- instance of my joining the space was because of a mental health issue. There was a person who ended up taking her life. So that is what got me into that space in the first place. And uh, given the context, the different context in the African continent, in, in in Uganda, for instance, the fact that they, they put out law that that essentially in the beginning was going to kill people who were uh, supposed to, or, or suspected to be uh, LGBT. Uh, in Nigeria, there, there is a law currently uh, that basically is called the prohibition of marriage uh, law, but it's not really a prohibition of marriage. It's basically killing spaces for LGBT people. With, with laws like that in place, you have people who are... Uh, who live this this life, who are in these communities, that are basically sitting around thinking, my government really doesn't want me to be a part of this society. And that creates a whole lot of issues, creates a lot of uh, anxieties that people go through on a day-to-day basis. So every single day there is an LGBTQ person in the continent of Africa feeling anxious, feeling. Um, feeling alone, feeling that they they're not able to speak out about what they're going through, about their feelings, because of the laws that go through, that, that are are part of their state, and because of the way society sees them and perceives them.
0: Yeah, wow, bro. Like, like, this was supposed to be like such a light interview, and now I'm like, whoa, like mental health things, <laughs> because like, okay, that actually segues nicely into what I wanted to ask you. So, you know, speaking of not being able to thrive in your space you're originally from kenya right you and we are we are country we are country persons like so wait when was the last time you were home and please walk me through like why south africa because you've moved to sa right so when was the last time you were home and why sa um
1: well the last time i was home was i was home for christmas um I, I, I visited. as we all want to do uh, yes, you know, the, it is a thing to do, we go home for Christmas and we, we sit there and we slaughter a goat and we eat and your mother, you know, feeds you so that was actually the last time I was home, um, which makes it about <laughs> four months ago um, and yes, I, I did move to South Africa, the main reason for my move to South Africa was uh, uh, the job I took with the Pan-Africa ILGA I was the programs manager for Pan Africa ILGA until uh, early last year. Because um, right you're, you're
0: a fancy well, bitch,
1: I'm a fancy bitch. I can't help myself. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did, I did, I did programs for Pan Africa ILGA. I, I don't know if you know what Pan Africa ILGA is. It's an organization that's you know based in in Johannesburg with membership across the continent. So that was the work I was doing until early last year after which I've been, I've been independently consulting with different organizations around uh, anything legal, anything uh, LGBT-related, um, and strategic planning, things like that. So uh, that was the main reason why I moved to South Africa. It also helped that my husband is also a South African citizen. Um, and that... Uh-huh. Made it a little bit easier for me, actually, to move into into South Africa. Even though, um, you know, I don't know how well you 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 versed with South African migration laws. They are shit. But um,
0: babes, babes, it's a shit (laughs) show, hey?
1: It is a complete shit show. It was incredibly difficult for me to move to South Africa in the first place, given that I have a a job offer, that I have a a husband who is a citizen of the country. Um, It was quite difficult, and and it was actually made difficult even, even before my move, because we found it difficult to get married in South Africa in the first place. So, uh, yeah.
0: Like uh, what, what, were the, what were the obstacles? Because I know a lot of people th- think that, hey, eh, you know what, you come to South Africa, you have your wedding, you put it on Instagram, and you, <laughs> it's a big F you to Ezekiel Mutua and uh, all no. the other people are across the continent. So why was it so difficult?
1: Um, I don't know if it is because we are both men, because I've actually, I know a few people, uh, a few queer uh, women were able to get married here um, but in my situation the one thing that they kept insisting on was a certificate of no encumbrance to marriage to be given by my government now to apply for this certificate of no encum- encumbrance to marriage you have to go into the into the kenyan high commission website and while you're there they ask you a whole bunch of questions one of the question is who are you intending to marry uh, to get married to uh-huh. And, and therein is the problem. And then there is a problem. Now, in the instructions for filling in this particular form, it actually specifically states that we are not going to give a certificate of knowing Karen Burns to marriage for a same sex union. Now, wow that obviously creates a. Obstacle.
0: It stipulates that it, like outright.
1: It outrightly stipulates that. So we have a problem right there. So we go back to the South African uh, people and tell them, hey, here is a thing from the Kenyan High Commission saying that they're not giving this certificate for same-sex union. Here is a thing from the Kenyan High Commission sharing the the information that you're supposed to give them. And it obviously includes the fact that you have to show that you're getting into a same-sex marriage. And they said, well, tough. You have to give us the certificates, otherwise we can't marry. You. We go back to a lawyer, we draft us an affidavit that basically states that uh, I, I swear that I have never once nor have I ever been married to anybody else in Kenya. And I am swearing this affidavit because of these and these reasons, and I and I list the, the various reasons that I'm swearing the affidavit because go back to the South African authorities. Nope, we need a certificate of no encumbrance to marriage. At which point we decided, you know what? Um, fact is, we are going to get married and we're going to get married elsewhere. So we got married in Oxford.
0: You got married where, sorry, love? In Oxford,
1: UK. Which was a beautiful day. any day for once in the UK.
0: Wait, there was a beautiful day in the UK? I refuse to believe that. I lived there for four years. I think I had two beautiful days. You managed to catch one of them.
1: Yeah, we we managed to catch one of them.
0: Oh, wow. So that then allowed you to be married here?
1: That then, um, the fact that I have a marriage certificate that is valid in the UK... Meant that uh, my marriage is valid here.
0: Oh, okay, wow.
1: So it, it didn't allow me to get married here. It was basically made. It was a transfer of validity of marriage from the UK to South Africa. My marriage is not valid in Kenya where I'm brought That's so.
0: and that's such a shit show, because like I know one of the things that um, people really think this like beautiful utopian idea people have from home is that. That you just come to SA, you get married, you live your best life. Better yet, you come and you find a South African and you live an even better life. Because I know people who are trying to move here because they're like, look, we can come here, we can have kids, we can get married, we can do all the things. Can do the like, what's it, in vitro vibes? But I, it was when I was trying to um, get my first like life partnership thing and we were trying to find out the steps that's when we found out about that affidavit Mm. and somebody was just like just fake it that's what i did i was like bitch that is how you've been living here for 20 years and suddenly you're deported and banned for life you leave your house your kids your wife i was just like naji
1: exactly
0: it's fine but so marriage life married life babes are you an old married queer couple how long have you guys been together
1: um uh, just over six years I think wow. Married Married three.
0: three. How has married life been?
1: I mean not much difference from being together. Only now we have that bloody paper that says that you're married. Um but it it, it it's it's been good. It's been great. Um uh, we both have very um very uh, taxing jobs very uh jobs that really require us to travel quite significantly um which is which can be a bit of a pain in the ass but it's also a bit of a re- relief because then when when we come back together then things are really really great
0: does that include the sex because that's what the question everyone always asks <laughs>
1: <laughs> what happens to the sex after marriage it actually does include the sex it- <laughs> It, it does include the sex. We, we've we've had a pretty decent sex life from the very beginning. Um, uh, I'm I'm not going to say that it is the best sex life you could ever think of because I don't think anyone has the best sex life,
0: no matter what they claim.
1: Uh, but it is brilliant. It is sens- <laughs> no matter what they claim. It is sensual. It is it is between the two of us, and it is great.
0: Ugh. so like. I- other than the traveling and things like that, I think the question that people often get asked when they're in long-time relationships or um, are in marriage, because you also know you stumbled onto a sex podcast, how we've taken 14 minutes to talk about sex, bitch, I don't know. Um, so what do you do when the sex is waning? Do you ever go through times when like the sex, like did actually, first things first, did marriage affect the sex? It didn't affect the sex at all is what you're saying.
1: Um, it, it did not I, I will tell you a story about the first our first uh, the day we got married um, on the day we got married uh, on the very wedding day we, we both thought that the other person had actually planned a honeymoon and a place to stay that night <laughs> so we did not know that the other person had not done that So it was during the reception where everyone was getting really funny that somebody asked, um, so what are you guys planning for your honeymoon? And the the person asked Mark and Mark was like, "Um, I don't know, Anthony is doing it. And the person came to me and was like, oh, so Mark says that you're planning your honeymoon. And I was like, I thought Mark was planning the honeymoon. So yeah, we ended up having no place to stay.
0: That is so wild.
1: Uh, because all houses around had had uh, had been taken up by our relatives and friends, we had no place to stay and no planned Hanneman. So what essentially happened was that we ended up spending the night with a friend of ours, my friend Neil, who was the um, the best man at the wedding and uh, and Mark's nephew Jeff, in their really tiny hotel room. Drunk as fuck, um, <laughs> and and we spent the night there. We 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 were like, hey guys, we don't have a place to stay. So they were like, okay, cool, let's go to this shop, get some alcohol and drink. I... so we did go to the shop. We we out an entire bloody case of of beers. Came back to the hotel room and just got shit faced.
0: What, walked... <laughs> what else can you exactly. do? The following
1: day we walk.
0: What else can you do? Exactly.
1: The following day we woke and a friend of ours offered us her her boathouse, and we spent a week um, just riding on a boathouse over the Tam, the Thames. It was pretty, it was beautiful, it was sexy, it was
0: great. Oh my gosh, that is so gorgeous!
1: So to answer your question, to answer your question, uh, it did not change our sex life at all. It uh, being married, the, the fact that we, in our minds, are now a married couple did not change anything knew. much.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Have y'all ever considered an open relationship? Because it seems the thing that all the queers are doing now. Like, if you have not considered an open relationship, are you even queer? Like, have y'all ever considered it?
1: Um, so, the thing about open relationships is that <laughs> um, I think when, when, when someone says open relationship, we all assume that it is something specific. We, we, we put a a tag onto it. It's These people are together, but they can sleep with anybody else. But that's not really it. I think open relationships are very much tagged to a specific relationship. So two, it, no two people with, uh, no two couples on an open relationships will will, will ever be the same. The criteria for their openness or the, the openness of the relationship is always different. So we have a bit of a hybrid of an open relationship where we do understand that, uh, especially the fact that we both, um, again, like I said earlier, we travel way too much. Uh, he is currently in the UK on the lockdown. I am in South Africa on the lockdown. We understand that there are, there are instances where um, it, will be, it, it, it will be possible for me or him to meet someone and we would want to, to, to play around with. So uh, that is understood within the parameters of our relationship. The one thing that we always know that we should never do is any harm to the other person. Yes. So we live our relationship in a do-no-harm mm-hmm. sort of way. Um, and understanding that uh, we are human, understanding that we are, uh, we, are, we are sexual beings and understanding that at the end of the day, the person who matters the most to me is him, and the person the person who matters the most most to him is me. So uh, we will always come back together stronger than we were before. So that is the that is the relationship. There.
0: Wow! Matters. Now that is a mic drop. I don't think I can even ask you any more things. Like, I feel like you've just mic dropped there. You've been like, look, <laughs> this is how you love. I'm out. I'm out. Yes. So thank you so, so much for joining me. You are such a superstar. Please tell folks where they can find you on the internet.
1: Um, so you can find me on Twitter at, at Olwoch. That is O-L-U-O-C-H. I am also Olwoch on Facebook. Just Olwoch. I have one name with a condom.
0: <laughs> it's you and uh, Prince. That
1: out is here. O-L-U-O-C-H. It's me and Prince are here. Uh, and you can find padded cell podcasts on um, at padded cell pod on Twitter. And it is also on Instagram at um, padded cell underscore POD uh, on Instagram. So that's where you can find me. I'm also on Instagram as. At like, on how notes. did
0: you manage to sweep that? Time. Just steal <laughs> all the old watches. Old <laughs> watch, old watch everywhere. How did you manage to do that?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I don't know, I'm just a geek like that and I was actually going to give you my email address which is Oluoch <laughs> call.
0: You are the baddest <laughs> Thank you so so much for doing this love You are amazing
1: You're welcome And I'm looking forward to, to having yes, you Yes I'm podcast. coming,
0: you must tell me You must set the date, set the date Just like you did when you forgot your honeymoon Set the date babes
1: <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant I will definitely do that
0: All right, thank you, love.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Anthony stays so grown. Like, homie just stays grown, though. So, mental health was a big thing in this episode and it is super important to think about when it comes to queer folks like how it stems from not only the homophobia people experience within their countries their families their societies their workplaces and their homes but also the violence that happens within queer spaces like queer spaces can sometimes be so rife with like intimate partner violence self-loathing loneliness and sometimes just full-on toxicity where you're just like bitch please you must lose me with all of that you know tons of studies have shown that members of the lgbt community are more likely to experience a range of mental health problems such as depression suicidal ideation self-harm and alcohol and substance misuse The higher prevalence of mental ill health amongst members of the LGBT community can be attributed to a range of factors such as discrimination, isolation, and homophobia. LGBT youth are four times more likely to attempt suicide, experience suicidal ideation, and engage in self-harm as compared to youths that are straight. One study on trans folks in the United States showed that 35 to 65 percent of trans individuals experience suicidal ideation, numbers could be possibly higher in other regions, but we just don't have that sort of data. So I'm going to get preachy now for a second, and I'm just going to say that as queer folks, we need to think about our mental health as well as other parts of our existence, right? Same way we need to make sure the sex is fire, that we are safe in our homes, that we can keep our jobs, that we can build families and that our friends ain't sliding in and hitting on our exes. We need to make mental health an important part of our living and our loving. So i'm just saying keep safe and make mental health a priority make sure that you check out the instagram for basically life which is basically life under slash pod it has some great content it just has some bomb content if i do say so myself that is basically life under slash pod and this is basically life and i'm your host tiff mugo telling you to calm your tits life is not always that complicated This podcast was created by Hala Africa Productions and sound engineered by Leon Erasmus of Digital Fanatic Studios. The music was compiled by the great Mbali of Chosen Flower Collections.